Well, welcome church. Are you expecting to hear a word from God? Do you have your ears open? Are you ready to hear a word from the Lord? Uh, welcome those of you who are online. Thank you for being a part of this service. So excited about today's message. Um, we're in this series uh, called the Gospel of Mark, and we're walking through the chapters. There's 16 chapters in the Gospel of Mark, and we're walking through them all the way to Resurrection Day. And I'm so excited about today's message. You know, um, um, I, uh, I, uh, I was far from God for, uh, for a while, and um, there was a point in my life, I was 17 years old, and um, my, my cousin gave me a Bible, and, uh, and I, I had, didn't go to church, I didn't want to have anything to do with church, but I remember that Bible she gave me was, uh, was a very offensive gift to me. Because I thought, am I that bad? <laughs> am I that bad uh, that you're giving me a Bible? And I, I'll never forget, she gave me the Bible, and I kind of put it in the corner of my bedroom and didn't really pay attention to it. And one day I was working, uh, I, used to, I was going to a school or college in, in San Antonio, and while I was going to college, I had a part-time job. Um, working at a plant nursery. So I'm putting together these pots of plants and there's like piles of soil everywhere. And the guy I'm working with, uh, his name is Bert. Bert um, was a very bright guy. Bert was on the Dean's list. He was an English major. He had probably the broadest vocabulary I've ever known. And he was like, like incredibly intelligent. He was the kind of guy that remembered things that he was taught like in third grade. It was sickening. And I, I just remember Bert. And the other thing about Bert is he did drugs all the time. And Bert and I connected. <laughs> Bert was far from God. He was bright. He was kind of a literature guy. And uh, he would have considered himself a maybe an atheist, definitely agnostic. He just didn't want to have anything to do with God. And, and I liked hanging out with him because he was a safe guy for me to hang out with. You know, he was one of those guys that I could hang out with. It wasn't going to bring up church. It wasn't going to bring up God. It wasn't going to bring up the Bible. That was, that was Bert. And he and I just connected. And I always thought it was pretty unique. You can do drugs and be smart. That's pretty unique. And uh, I thought, well, this guy, like, one day we're doing these, these uh, we're putting together these pots of soil. And Bert is, is, uh, is helping me. And we're just getting these pots ready to, to plant. And, uh, and Bert looks at me, Bert, let me tell you how far away Bert is. Bert wrote a paper on the multiple ways you can use the F-bomb word and all the different ways. He gets an A on it at the University of Texas. I mean, that's just Bert. That just gives you a little bit of inclination of the way Bert thinks. Well, we're putting together these pots of soil and Bert looks at me and he says, hey, Reuben, this reminds me of a story in the Bible called the parable of the sower. This is the atheist telling me about the parable of the sower. And he starts telling me about how some seed falls on this ground and some seed falls on this ground. And so, and I'm, I remember, I can remember the position I was in. I was kneeling down with this topsoil and I had it like this. And I remember looking at Bert thinking, oh my word, what's gotten into you? You, what are you doing? I was like, I mean, I was floored. This is the, this is the guy who's far from God, the atheist, the guy who, who I mean, this is the guy who, who doesn't want to have anything to do with church or religion. And he's telling me about the parable of the sower, a story I'd never heard of in my life. 
Never heard of in my life. I remember uh, I was so confused and I thought, why is he telling me about this thing? And I thought maybe my cousin called him or something. I don't know. So I go, I go home and I pick up that Bible, that most embarrassing gift. And I happen to open it up right to the parable of the sower. The only place, the only book I knew in the Bible was the book of Genesis because it was like the first one. I didn't know any other book. And I opened up right to the parable. Well, who do you think was behind that? Me just opening it up right to the parable of the sower. And I start reading the parable of the sower. And when I'm reading this thing, you know what happens? God speaks to me. And I, God shows me that I am one of these people. And right there in my bedroom, right there in my bedroom, I got on my knees. And I was like, God, if you're real, I need you. It was a, it was a, a prayer that I kind of stumbled along. I, nobody really taught me how to pray. It wasn't like a, that prayer of salvation. It was nothing like that. It was like, God, if you're real. And let me just tell you, Jesus visited me in my bedroom. And I've never been the same. And that's why I'm here right now. God put a calling on my life. But it was the parable of the sower. So uh, thank you. So if there's, a, if there's a story in the Bible that I'm emotionally attached to, this is it. So I'll just let you know that right now. Um, uh, let's, uh, let's read it. You know what, guys? Let's read. Stand up. Would you stand up? We're, we're going to read in, in honor of the Word of God. We're going to read the first nine verses of Mark chapter 4. And, uh, and if you're watching online, you're welcome to stand up as well. It says this, again... Jesus began to teach by the lake, and, and the crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in, sat in it on, out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and, and in, his teaching, in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the, the what church? Say it out loud. The what? Path. Okay, there's number one. And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on, on what church? On rocky places. That's the second one. Where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Verse 7 says, other seed fell among, what church? Among, there's number three, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. And verse 8, here comes the fourth type of soil. Still other seed fell on, what church? On good soil, beautiful it came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said this, and let's read this part out loud, church. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Uh, Lord God, we humble ourselves before you, and Jesus, you are the one who deserves all of our all of our worship and all of our praise. And I just thank you, God, that you're a good God. You give breath to the person that curses you. The sun rises on the one who's full of anger. You love the one who rejects you. And you care for those who walk with you. 
you watch over us, Lord, and take care of us. And I'm just grateful that your mercy never ends. I'm grateful for your love. I'm grateful for the forgiveness that we have through Christ Jesus. I'm thankful, God, that you know how to bring new life. I'm thankful, God, that you know how to restore marriages and, 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 and you're able to reach any child, God. You're able to reconcile and nothing is impossible for you. Now, Lord, I just pray that you just work through me by your grace, Lord. I, I, we just needed to hear a word from you, Lord. So I want to do my best, God. You know, I've been preparing all week. So, Lord, do whatever you want. Lead me, guide me. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, church. Please, see, please have a seat. Thank you. Um, appreciate you. Uh, um, this, uh, this parable, it's called the parable of the sower, but it could also be known as maybe the parable of the soils. Parable of the soils. So let me, let me say this. There's these four different soils in here. You have uh, this path which is beside the road. And then you have this rocky place, or it's also called rocky ground. And then you have thorns, and then you have good soil. So here's what I'm going to say right now, is everyone listening to this message, everyone in churches across the world, everyone watching online, you are going to receive this message like one of these type of soils right now. Think about that. Every person, each one of you, and as I go through it, as we look at the word, I want you to ask yourself, which type of person are you? Which type of person are you? All of us are one of these four. When I, when I, uh, when I knelt at my, my bedroom on the side of my bed, I realized that even if I didn't make a decision for God, I was still making a decision. Even if I rejected God, even if I rejected God's love, I was still making a decision. So all of us, everyone in this room, everyone online, you are one of these four types of soils. Your heart is one of these four types of hearts. Which one are you? Verse, well, this last verse said, everyone who has ears to hear, let them, let them hear. Let them hear. Are you a good listener? You know, I'm probably asking the wrong person. I should ask the person sitting by you, is the person next to you a good listener? Yeah, have you ever talked to someone and they're just looking at their phone the whole time and, and they're like, yeah, I'm listening. Are, are, do you feel like they're listening? Yes or no? Just shout out. See, that's most of us. But the person who's looking at their phone will say what? I'm what? There you go. You know, you've been there before. Or how about the person who's like, like thinking of other stuff and, and you're talking, I've been guilty of this where Grace will talk to me and I'm thinking about other stuff and then she, so she'll like, are you listening to me? And then I'm, I'm just busted. <laughs> I, no, I, well, I, uh, yeah, I heard the last part. <laughs> Can you go over that again? I've been guilty of that so many times, but I, are you a good listener? Do you look at someone in their eyes when they talk to you? Are you really listening or are you coming to conclusions within your own self and you've shut them out and you're not listening to them because you're already making decisions in your own mind about what's happening and you're coming to conclusions already and you don't have the ability to listen. Do you really have the ability to listen? Heaven is full of good listeners. Heaven is full of good listeners. That's how they made it to heaven. Heaven's full of good listeners. Verse 10 says, when he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. And he told them the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. Now, 
I want you to see something. Jesus brings up again the kingdom of God. John the Baptist brought it up. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus starts his ministry. He says the same message, repent, turn away from your sins for the kingdom of God is at hand. And now Jesus talks about the kingdom of God again. And he said, it's been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may, may ever so they, they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving and never hearing, but, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Be forgiven. So Jesus is saying something really interesting. He's saying, you know what? It's possible to see and not see. You hear that? Oh, which type of soil are you? <laughs> it's possible to hear and not hear. And Jesus is saying, there's some people who will see and not see, and there's some people who will hear and not hear. But there's other people who have the capacity, the spiritual capacity to see and hear. We just got back from our uh, Thorn Creek men's retreat, and it was so much fun. Um, we had 68 total men participate in this, and literally, I just got back a few hours ago, as well as a bunch of other men, and, and it, was, it was so much fun. It's always incredible when men come together and worship God together. There's something, there's an energy that's there that is so unique, there's nothing like the, uh, a man crying out to God and saying, God, I need you. I want to be a better spiritual leader. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. I, I, want, I want you to do a work inside of me. There's nothing like that. Go to that next, next picture, will you, brother? Um, th- we had a room that was dedicated to prayer. And men would go in and take turns just praying and crying out to God. Man, we need the Lord. <laughs> it's a fight out there, isn't it? We have so many demands that we live with, so many expectations that we have. And here during this retreat, there was an awareness that, like, we need God. We need God. This kingdom of God talk, Jesus is making it clear. And the scripture is, is all about this. There's this invitation that you and I have. This invitation is to experience what Jesus calls the the kingdom of God. It's the very presence of the Lord. It's it's everything that comes with knowing God. It's, it's, It's joy and it's forgiveness and it's grace and it's mercy and it's purpose. It's freedom. All of this. I mean, God like is offering this and he's saying, do you want it? There's this invitation. Like you can have this life if you want it. You have, you have free moral volition and you can decide if you don't want it, you can reject it. You can reject it. There were some people at men's retreat that were like, no, thank you. Not for me. There's people at church that are like, no, thank you. Not for me. And Jesus gives us this talking, you almost get the feeling like he's changing the subject because he's talking about these four different types of soils. And then he all of a sudden starts talking about the kingdom of God. And then he's going to jump back into the, these four different, four different types of soils. There's this invitation here. Let me say it like this. The life God has for you is entirely dependent on your ability to listen. Think about that for a little bit. The life God has for you is totally hinged on your ability to listen. And Jesus says, some of you listen, but you don't listen. 
Some of you see, but you really don't see. And there's this incredible, incredible joy that comes with listening. Verse 13, he starts going into this a little bit more because he's going to unpack this. And he's like calling the disciples in and he's saying, look, let me just give you the the skinny on what I just talked about here. And he says, uh, Jesus says to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? This farmer sows, the, the, the farmer sows the word. So let me just stop right here. Who's the farmer? It's God. God is the farmer in this story. Our heavenly father, he's the farmer. And the sowing, God is the one planting and scattering. He's the one who's sowing the seed. And the seed is the word of God. So you have this constant God the farmer and the, and, and the seed is the word of God and, and he's scattering it. And I just want you to know it's the same seed. It's the same word that's going across all the fields, but there's four different types of fields. You hear that? Same seed, same farmer, same message, same sermon, same church experience, but you have four different types of people that receive it. Does that make sense? Yeah, four different ways. So, so Jesus is saying, look, you know, knowing the kingdom of heaven is totally dependent on how well you listen. Knowing the life God has for you is totally dependent on how well you listen. So I'm going to scatter some seed right now. <laughs> I'm going to scatter it, and I'm just going to, some of you are going to receive it, and some of you are going to hear it, but you're not going to hear it, okay? Here's some seed right now. God loves you. God wants you to know his grace and his mercy. God wants to change your heart. God wants to make you a better man. God wants to make you a better woman. God wants to free you. God wants you to know him personally. Jesus went to the cross for you. You don't have to worry about tomorrow because God loves you so much. God will take care of you. Your life is not in the hands of your boss. Your future is not dependent on your retirement account. God loves you so much. You can live with a joy and a peace and a freedom if you just trust him. You need to surrender completely to your life to God. You need to give him everything. You need to trust him with all of your life. You need to put him first above everyone else. You need to die to yourself. Take up your cross and follow him. So I just scattered a bunch of seed. Did you receive it? Did you hear it but didn't hear it? Did you? And that's what Jesus is talking about. He's saying, look, here's the kingdom of heaven. Here's the kingdom of God. It's like scattering seed. It's like this farmer that goes out and he scatters on four different types of soil. And and what's interesting about this, about this story that Jesus is sharing, remember, because it's the same word, right? It's the same word that's going out to the audience. It's the same word. It's this, and and what happens is, is we have a natural tendency, the natural tendency of the audience is to critique the preacher. But here's what, here's what uh, Jesus is doing. Jesus is doing this. It's like when you're sitting down, you're like, man, I hope this sermon, this sermon, this is a joke, man. I don't think it's really good at all. I'm really tired of him talking. He doesn't look very good either. And he's not wearing a suit and lights are too bright. The music's too loud. And I don't know. 
I wonder what's happening on my Instagram. I don't know if I'm going to come back, Jimmy, to this church. I don't know. It's just, it's not for me. I don't get anything out of it anymore. It's just different. I don't know. And we say these things to ourselves. We're sitting in the audience, and here's what Jesus is saying. Put it up there, brother. Here's what Jesus is saying. Here's what Jesus is saying. It's not the preacher. It's you. It's not the preacher. It's you. And that's what this parable is about. It's like, oh, the, the word of God is so living and it's active and, and God wants you to know his freedom and his grace and his mercy and he wants you to forgive and he wants you to love and he wants you to be set free and he wants you to know this life that he has for you. And, 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 and here Jesus is saying these four types of soil, it's not the preacher, it's you. It's your heart. It's your heart. Here's the first type. Let's look at the path. Verse 15. Jesus unpacks it. He says, some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. And as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Is that you? That's the first type. This person has a hard heart. This person has a hard heart. So everyone's going to receive it. You might, this might be you. So, so here, this person, let me say it this way. You can intellectually hear God's message and be unchanged. So you can hear the message and say, yep, I, I heard it, but it, you know, it didn't do anything for me. That's the person who has a heart. You can attend church. You can, you can listen to Christian music. You can grow up in a Christian home. You can have Christian friends. You, you can regurgitate it. You can... Talk about it. You can do all of those things, maybe even teach others about it, but it never penetrated your heart. It never penetrated your heart. You can convince yourself that the message is not for you. It's for someone else. It's for someone else. It's not for you. Here, you have to understand this basic, basic farming principle. Here it is. A seed can't germinate unless it goes underneath. So this first person, this, this past, this hard ground person, the seed comes, but it never, it, never, it never goes down. It never sinks. It stays at the surface level. In fact, Jesus said it like this. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. So here Jesus is making it clear that Satan is a real live living person, a fallen angel. He's a fallen angel. In fact, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Satan and his demons. Scripture says uh, his name was Lucifer. And one-third of the demons is what Revelation says. One-third of the demons left heaven and followed Lucifer. There was a church split in heaven. Can you believe that? In heaven, there was a church split. So here, Jesus is saying that Satan is involved with the hearts of those people who have a hard heart. I scattered seed earlier, and some of you maybe didn't receive it. Your heart might be hard. Maybe this is you. You need to understand the agenda of the devil. He comes only to steal. John 10 says he comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So Satan wants to steal 
He wants to steal your freedom, steal your joy, steal your peace, steal your life. Ultimately, he wants you to die. He wants to destroy you. He wants to separate you from God's love. He wants to separate you from the freedom that God has called you in. He wants to separate you from heaven, ultimately. But the devil's a liar. Verse 15 says, look at this. He says, as soon as they hear it, here's this person with like the heart like a path. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. So this is a person. And look how quickly, just like, just that quick. As soon as the seed is scattered. I, I, I said some words to you earlier that I felt were led by the God. As soon as it's scattered, just that quick, so Satan removes it from your thoughts. I mean, it doesn't sit on your mind for more than a New York second. It just, as soon as it's scattered, Satan takes it away. And I thought, well, how does that happen? Sometimes the devil will put other competing thoughts in your head that will reject the word of God. And maybe it's a competing thought like, you know, you know um, he, he, there's, a, there's this word and, and the word is good that was sent to you, but you have so much hurt and pain, you just reject it that quick not for you. You know what I'm talking about? Or that word is, is, is thrown on you, but, but you, you think, oh, hypocrisy. And just that quick, that word is taken off out of, out of your mind. Or maybe it's related to anger, or maybe the word is sent to you and you think about a conversation in the past, and that word just doesn't sit with you. And just that quick, it comes out of your mind. It doesn't even land very, I mean, just the devil comes. As soon as you hear it, Satan takes it away. Maybe he gives you a memory. As soon as that word is sent to you, you're thinking about something else. And it could be as simple as, oh, what am I going to do tonight? Or what am I going to do tomorrow? Or gosh, look at that person's hair. Or look at that person's shirt. Or look at that person's pants. Or look at that person's shoes and just distracts you. The devil does that. And just as soon as it's scattered, it's taken away. Here's this, Satan's agenda is to take away God's word from your life. That's the goal of the devil, to take away God's word from your life. In fact, that word taken away, the literal Greek language, you know what it means? It means to take away by force. To take away by force. Take it away. In fact, Jesus said, you know, the, the other thing about this, as I look at this person who has this hard heart, this path person, is they're oblivious they have no idea the spiritual dynamics of what's happening with the word of God. They have no idea that Satan is involved in preventing them from receiving the word of God. They're oblivious. As soon as it's, as soon as it's laid down, it's taken away. In fact, Jesus said this. He, re he related it to the birds came and ate it up. Birds came. Anybody like feeding birds? You throw bird food out or whatever. I, I did a bird feeder in my backyard, and it was a horrible idea. I had paint, you know, bird poop all over my fence, and I was like, why did I do that? But, but you know, when you have bird, when you throw out food, have you seen them just jumping around and how quick they peck, and they, they pick up every morsel, and just how quickly they pick up everything. And you have you noticed how quickly... It's all gone, and there's not a trace that it ever existed. It's exactly what the devil does with a person who has that hard path 
that hard heart. As soon as the word is thrown out, just as it's thrown out, it's not there long at all. And immediately, like the birds, they, they, they just receive it. I think it's so interesting that here at Thorn Creek Church, we have a bunch of seagulls that sit on our building like every day. You know what I'm talking about? I'm always concerned I'm going to get, you know, nailed by one of them coming in the back doors or something. But I think about it. That's exactly what the devil does. You hear a word from God and you leave church. And as you leave, there's birds right above your head, ready to pull out anything that the preacher said, ready to take it right out of your head so you don't think about it twice and your mind goes somewhere else, something more self-centered, something more, something more focused on yourself, just as quick. So here's the point of the first type of ground. The word is gone. Just as quickly as it landed, the word is gone. The second type of person, maybe this is you, this person has a shallow heart, a shallow heart. Verse 16 says, others, Jesus says, like seeds sown on rocky places, say rocky places with me, can you see that? They hear the word and at once receive it with what? So there's an emotion attached to this one. Now, do you notice what's different with this person versus the first person? First person, it was as it was sown, it was taken away by force, right? By the devil. This one, they receive it and there's an emotion. And what's the emotion? It's joy. That's this person right here. This person receives it and at once there's this joy about them. They're excited. Have you ever seen someone like that? They go to church or maybe they commit their life to Christ or whatever it is. And they're so excited. They're like over the top excited. They're so excited. And here's the problem. Verse six says, when we look back, it says, but when the sun came up, <laughs> when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had what church? They had no roots. When the sun came up, when the temperature rose, when there were problems, when it felt like it was unbearable, when things didn't feel fair, when whatever it was. Verse 17, Jesus explains it like this. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes along, comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. When trouble or persecution comes. When trouble or persecution comes. So this person receives it with great joy, but they're shallow people, spiritually shallow. And when they face trouble, have you seen that happen before? Someone is just lit up about church or lit up about God or lit up. They're so excited and all of a sudden trouble happens in their life or they feel persecuted or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden they're gone and you reach out to them and they ghost you and you're like, whatever happened to so-and-so? They were so excited. They were, I don't know. Did they go to church? They're not going to church anywhere. I don't know. They were so excited and now they're gone. Have you ever seen that, seen that happen? Full of emotion. Here it is. This person is all emotion and no depth. They have no spiritual roots. The roots are everything. And they haven't spent any time on the, on, on, the, on the root structure, the health of their roots. They haven't spent any time with that. So when trouble comes, when persecution comes, they quickly fall away. Maybe they have problems at home or maybe at work, maybe at church, who knows? Friends, work, health, finances, relationships, whatever it is, trouble comes. 
and quickly it exposes their lack of roots. And this is why people drift away from church many times. They go through a personal storm or they feel attacked or persecuted and they go through trouble. And here's, here's, maybe, here's maybe a bigger problem is they don't expect it. They don't expect it. They don't expect it. And scripture says they quickly fall away. Verse five, Jesus said they sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. That's why. So shallow Soil produces quick growth. Shallow soil produces really quick growth. And it looks, it might look like it's really strong, but really when trouble and persecution comes, that's when you discover, well, their roots weren't very deep, were they? They weren't that strong, were they? I thought they were strong. It's like when you've ever seen a devastation of a tornado and you see, oh, wow, that tree, that didn't have strong roots. But you look at that other one and say, look, that one was able to withstand hurricane force winds. Look at that tree. And then here's the, the third type of person, and maybe this is you, has to do with thorns. Now, this third person has a crowded heart. They have a crowded heart. So still others, like seeds sown among thorns, they hear the word. So this is a different type of soil. The first seed fell on a path, and it was hard. And scripture says that the first seed fell on this path, and as soon as they heard it, it was taken away, right? As soon as they heard it, it was gone. That's that. Maybe that's you. The second seed said this. The seed fell on rocky places, and it lasted only a short time. Remember that? And they, were, they had joy, but then the hurricane force winds came around and it blew them over. It lasted only a very short time. But this third type of person says this, the thorns grew up with that other seed. So you've got two seeds with this person. You have these thorns and you also have the word of God. So you have both seeds growing. This is totally different from the first two. Totally different. And this third person right here, they hear the word. They aren't deaf to it. They hear it, but the seed and the thorns grow together. They grow together. Verse 19, Jesus said, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in. And what do they do? And choke the word, making it what? That word, church, well, that word choke literally means to strangle. Means to strangle. So this person is someone who hears the word, but they also, they also allow these thorns to grow in their life. And I thought about this and I thought there's some, there's some reasoning that's happening here. Because they, they, they're allowing these thorns and, 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 you know, Jesus talked about the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things to come into the world, whatever that may look like. And they're allowing it to grow in their spiritual life. Maybe they're convincing themselves, I can control those thorns. Maybe they're convincing themselves, I can coexist with those thorns. In fact, 1 John chapter 2 says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, 
the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. Now that just captures a whole bunch of sins right there, guys. The lust of the flesh, pornography, all kinds of sexual immorality, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. We want something, we're not happy, we're never happy, we always want, we always desire, we're never satisfied. And then the pride of life. Wow, anybody struggle with pride in the room? (laughs) I've struggled with pride before. Pride is the root of all types of sin. And here John says, okay, The lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life comes not from our heavenly father, but it comes from the world. And Jesus kind of captures this and he says, look, if you have these thorns, the lust of the flesh, the the pride of life and, 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 and the lust of the eyes, if you have these thorns in your life and you convince yourself, it's not going to affect you. You convince yourself, I can coexist with these things. I can go to church and I can have this sexual morality thing going on in my life also. I can go to church and be in this affair. I can go to church and be a liar. I can go to church and I can, I can, I can be unforgiving. I can go to church and I can be full of greed. And I can go to church and I can be full of anger. And I can go to church, whatever it is, you fill in the blank and you convince yourself. And scripture says this type of person, the thorns grow up with them. And you know, at, on the surface, it's hard to recognize this person. You know what I'm talking about? Because when you talk to them, they could say all the right answers. Because they've allowed the word of God, that seed to be in them. Also, this other seed, right? The thorns. So when you talk to them, you're, you know, you, you at, at the surface level, you think, well, they, they, they must be a follower of Christ. They must. But then as you talk to them, you understand something. You understand, oh, their love is different. Oh, they don't have the capacity to forgive. Oh, they're not givers at all. Oh, they're really critical. <laughs> oh, wow, they, that's how they talk. And I hear the words that come out of the mouth, and I hear all that cussing, and I hear all that, and, and I, see their, uh, I see the way they carry themselves and oh, who they are at work is different. And you start seeing signs that it's really, there's thorns in their life. Does that make sense? And they've grown up with them. So they have these two seeds growing up. And I want you to simply say it this way. God doesn't want to share your worship. In essence, what you're doing is you're worshiping these thorns and you're worshiping God. It's really weird. We're so, we can be so sick and twisted that we we, we, we start worshiping our pride. You worship yourself. Have you ever worshiped your pride? And you worship your pride when you're not willing to give, give it up and you're not willing to die to yourself. What you're doing is you're worshiping your pride. You're putting your pride above Jesus. You're putting your pride even above God. And you're like, I'm not going to do, I'm, this is how this is I feel. That's called Pride. And the, the, this, this whole thing is so unique. There's this spiritual deception that's happening here. You can convince yourself that I could have thorns and I could have the seed of the word of God growing in my life and it will not affect me. But there's also something else about these people. They have a limited life. They never fully know freedom. 
They have a limited life. They never fully know joy. They have a limited life. They never truly love like Christ has loved them. It's like they walk around with a limp. It's like they, they, they know the right answers, but they, they, they have this limited life where they really don't know what it feels like to be a generous giver. They really don't know what it feels like to really pour themselves out in a ministry and really serve God and, and really give themselves. They don't know that, but they can talk about it. They can talk about it, but they have a limited, limited life. The other thing that you see in this, I mean, Jesus says, the thorns win at the end. The thorns win. Verse 7, he said, the thorns grew up and choked. I mean, strangled the plants so that they did not bear grain. So notice this. The plants also grew up with the thorn. The plants are the word of God. So it grows up. The plants grow up with the thorn. But what happens? What's the result? They never bear grain. So here's the consequence of this person. They're never fruitful. They never bear fruit. So it's a plant that never bears fruit. So it's a crowded heart. They refuse to let God take out the thorns from their life. Maybe because they're pride or whatever it is. They refuse to let God take out the thorns. They choose to allow it. They convince themselves. Maybe they convince themselves they're a Christian. But the result is they do not bear fruit. They don't. It's hard to tell these people, but once you get to talk to them a little bit, the closer you get to them, the more you recognize the thorns. The thorns. Timothy Keller said it like this. The second soil was full of plants that were controlled by things of the world. But in this third soil, Christ shares control with things of this world. That's what it is. I thought about this and I thought, which one's worse? I mean, out of all three of these, yet the first one where the devil comes and just snatches it away as quickly as it falls, right? That's the hard path. The second soil, well, that's the rocky where it's just shallow and these are shallow hearted people and, and it springs up quickly. They're full of joy and then they just kind of fade away when the hurricane winds come. And this third person, the thorns grow up with them in the midst in their life. Year after year after year after year after year. They hear the word of God and they receive it, but they don't let God take out the thorns in their life and they grow up together and the result is they don't produce any fruit. Maybe they convince themselves they are producing fruit when they're not producing fruit. <laughs> Maybe they convince themselves all kinds of stuff, but they're choked. They're choked and the seed is unfruitful. It's like, why in the world would you have a peach tree that doesn't produce peaches? Or an apple tree that doesn't produce. Would you have that kind of, I mean, if you love apples and you put an apple tree in your backyard and it doesn't produce apples, are you okay with that? Or, or, or mangoes, you know, or whatever, oranges, whatever it is. We're not in Florida. But I mean, are you okay with having a tree in your, I mean, for the purpose of you want to eat the fruit of it and it never bears fruit. Are you okay with that? I think a part of you would want to get out a chainsaw or something and hack that thing down and say, you're just taking up space, right? You give me shade, but I planted you there to give me fruit. Here's the fourth person. This last person. And which one are you? This last person has an open heart. Remember what Jesus said? He who has ears, let him hear. 
Verse 20 says, others like, like seed sown on good soil. Say good soil with me. They hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Did you hear that? They hear the word, and what, what else do they do? They what? They, they accept it, and then they also what? Produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was, what was sown. Adrian Rogers talked about these four soils, and he said, in the first one, there was no reception of the seed, right? In the first one, there was no reception of the seed. In the second soil, that was the rocky one, there was no root for the seed. In the third soil, there was no room for the seed. That was the thorns. There was no room for the seed. And this one right here, the fourth one, there's no resistance. Isn't that beautiful? There's no resistance for the seed. So the seed, the word of God grows and there's no resistance. So it spreads and it takes over your life, takes over your home and your marriage and the way you see things. It takes over all of your pain and hurts, takes over your children. It takes over every corner of your life, your past, present, and future. It just grows because there's no resistance. That's the good soil. Hear this, your spiritual potential is dependent on your ability to hear and accept what God is telling you. Heaven is full of good listeners. Your spiritual potential. I mean, I'm just telling you, if you're coming to church and you've got thorns in your life, you need to let God take out those thorns because it's robbing you from producing fruit. And you're not experiencing true freedom. But this good soil person, there's no resistance to the word of God. They've just said, God, take over every corner in my heart. Take over every corner in my heart. Verse 8 says, still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop. Some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. I think about our men's retreat, guys. I just, I'm, I'm a little bit... I've got a, a little bit of a spiritual hangover from our men's retreat, so you just got to bear with me a little bit. But I think about just seeing men come forward and falling to their knees and saying, I die to myself. Oh, those are strong men right there. Strong men falling to their knees saying, God, I want your will. Falling to their knees saying, God, take out all the thorns in my heart. Those are strong men getting stronger. You know, we have a, at the very end, we have our, uh, our, our annual soul walk. We have so many men that participate in this. And they write down on a piece of paper the things that are holding them back from being the man God has called them to be. And people put all kinds of stuff on that piece of paper. All kinds of stuff. Anger and unforgiveness and pride and addictions and just all kinds of stuff. And they hold on to that piece of paper. When they, when they leave, I say, I want you to hold on to it. I want you to feel it in your hands. And they go on this soul walk and they read scripture in the dark, in the middle of the dark. And they read scripture we strategically place. And they all, at the very end, they drop that into this fire. And it was a big fire this year, which I love fires. They drop it into the fire and there's like a spiritual thing that happens. One of the guys told me, that back in 2000, it would have been 2018 or so, maybe it was 2019, but he wrote down addiction and he threw it into that fire and gave it to God and he never struggled with addiction again after that moment. Someone else put, put 
a lying. They had a habit of lying like little lies all the time. You know, little lies. They just convinced themselves there was nothing. And they put down, they put down lying and they threw it in that fire. And after that, they've never lied again. Of course, it takes work, but there's something incredibly powerful when, 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 when a man or a woman says, just refiner, fire, fire, refine me. Just do whatever you want in my heart. I don't want anything to resist your word. I want to be more like you, Jesus. I want to know joy in this world. In a crazy world with this crazy COVID thing, pandemic thing, I want to walk with you, God. I want to bear much fruit for you, Lord. The other thing I noticed about this, he talks about this multiplication thing. And Jesus said some people produce, and he's talking about good soil. So people who have good soil, they receive the word of God, they hear it, and they accept it. Even within that, there's different categories. Some people produce, what was it, 30 30 times as much? And some people 60 times as much? And some people 100 times as much? Wow! So even the good soil people They have different production, 30 times and 60 times and 100 times. And I thought about that. And you know what the Lord put on my my heart? You don't get to determine how much fruit you have. It's those people around you that see you. It's those people that live with you, that look at your character, that look at your heart. They look at your giving. They look at your love. They look at your way you serve. They look at you. They are the ones that determine the crop, your crop, not you. You don't get to say, I'm a 100 time crop full. You don't get to say that. It's not you that determines the crop. It's those around you that watch you and see your life. Then I think, you know, we live in a world and we're obsessed with multiplication, aren't we? I mean, when you invest in something, are you expecting a return? Are you expecting some sort of multiplication that happens and you think, I'm expecting it. And what happens if that multiplication isn't there? You'll take it out and you'll put it somewhere else. You might even be a little upset or whatever. You expect multiplication over and over and over. Whether you're investing in real estate or stocks or bonds or crypto or gold or baseball cards or whatever, you are expecting a return. Has it ever dawned on you? that you have been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ? Has it ever dawned on you (laughs) that your soul belongs to God? Has it ever dawned on you that God is expecting a return on investment from you? God is actually expecting a good return because he's worked so hard in your life. Hasn't he been good? Hasn't he been gracious? Hasn't he been merciful and compassionate? Hasn't he been loving? Hasn't he blessed you? You have breath in your lungs right now. Glory to God. God is with you right now. You have a mind. Right now you have breath. I mean, God is giving you. He loves you so much. And God is expecting a return on an investment. He's like, okay, I've done all this. I've done so much work to reach you and save you. I've done so much to redeem you. I put you in positions to hear my love. He's done all this work. And now he's like, okay, I want to see some fruit. I want to see evidence that the grace of God has changed you. And you don't get to determine 
the fruit. People around you watch you. And they're the ones who determine whether or not God is getting a good return on investment. What are you? If you might consider yourself a good soil person, what does your fruit look like? Are you sure? (laughs) What would those around you say? Would they say that you have any fruit? Are you like that peach tree that just sits out in the back and has one peach on it? Are you a 30 times person, a 60 times person, or a 100 times person? The other thing that the Lord showed me when it comes to this fruit is the crop, the fruit, is not for you. It's for others. The crop, the fruit, is not for you. It's for others. And when they enjoy the fruit of your surrender to God, who gets the glory? God gets the glory, not you, right? Jesus gets the glory. Because they look and they say, wow, I know that guy. He was so full of pride. I know that gal. She was so far from God. I know where they didn't want to have anything. And now look at them. And God gets the glory. The crop is not for you. It's for others. Other people see it. And I just want to say this right here. Because there's a warning that Jesus gives. Verse 24, he added, he said, Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and the more you will you more you receive even more. So right there, Jesus is saying, Remember, heaven is full of good listeners. And he's saying, if you listen really where, really where, really I'm getting tired. If you listen really well and you hear it and accept it, here's what God's gonna do. God's going to give you more. He's going to show you more. There's this thing that happens where if we're faithful with little, we'll be faithful with much. And he's saying, okay, if you pay closer to attention to what God says, if you actually do what he tells you to do, and you really receive it, and you take it to heart, and you say, God, it's more important for me to be like you. It's more important for you to have your way. I don't want anything to resist your seed in my life. Jesus says... The result is God will actually enlighten you with more. He'll actually show you more. He'll show you more. And the opposite is just the same. He said, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But, say but with me, but. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Wow. You hear that warning? If you continue to disobey, if you allow pride to continue to get in the way, if you continue to resist, if you continue to put yourself first, if you continue to ignore the Spirit of God, if you continue to push it away, If you continue, here's what God will do. Scripture tells us this. The little understanding they have will be taken away from them. The little understanding. So they had this much understanding, but because they resisted God and his grace and his truth, you know what's going to happen? Over time, their understanding is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. Smaller. Which type of soil are you? Which, which person are you? Which one are you? That hard ground, hard path person, the devil comes and takes it up as soon as it's laid down. 
that rocky ground, shallow heart. They receive it, and what kind of emotion do they have? Joy, right? And quickly when the hurricane winds come, walk away. The third one, oh man, this one grows with the seed, the thorns. And what's the result of that one? They never produce fruit. They never produce fruit. But the fourth one, good soil. They have an open heart. And they say, I don't want anything to resist your word, God. I'm going to die to myself. I don't want anything to resist your word. Everyone who's watching this online, everyone who's here in person, you are responding right now in one of these four ways. One of these four ways, you are responding to the word of God. And you're responding to the word of God every single time you hear it in one of these four ways. I want to invite you to turn to Jesus. Do whatever you need to do. Let him have, let him have his way in your heart. Uh, Jesus, thank you for your mercy and your grace. And God, we, we worship you. Jesus, thank you for this parable. You helped us. You gave us some spiritual understanding of how we respond to your, uh, to your word. So if you have a, a hard heart, hard path, or maybe you need to say, God, right now, I just want to turn to you with all my heart. I ask you to forgive me for my sins, and I want to give my life over to you. I want to be a Christian. Maybe you have a, a rocky heart, a shallow soil. Maybe you need to say, God, I, I need the roots to grow down deep. I want to become stronger. Or maybe, maybe you're like that third person. You have thorns growing up in your life, and you're not producing any fruit, and you've learned to coexist with them. Why don't you say this, say, God, remove them right now. Jesus, remove them right now. And maybe you need to say this, God, I want to be like that good soil. I don't want anything to resist your word for my life. I want your will for my life. Thank you, Lord, for your good grace. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.